May we stand as we sing another Hosanna, 172. <laughs> Our scripture lesson today is found in the Psalter, it'll be Psalm 118. We'll be reading a couple of different verses from that, uh, a different first two verses, and then verses 19 through 21, through 29, beginning in verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is good, is God, 
and he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. The word of God for the people of God. second reading is from the Gospel of Luke and chapter 19 and reading verses 28 through 41. In honor of the Gospel, if you're able, will you stand for the reading? Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a tied there a coat that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the coat, its owners asked them, why are you untying the coat? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. And as Jesus came near and saw the city, he wept over it. This is the word of the Lord. seated. Okay, what's today? You've already heard it some, haven't you? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, right? Martine? 
Palm Sunday. You see those palm branches? You see those? I want you to do something for me, if you will, and we're going to uh, wave them as they might have on that morning and that day as they came into the city. But we need some extras too, so we want to get a few more of these since we don't quite have enough folks down front. These were provided for us by Mr. Chris, so for everybody. But uh, I wonder, maybe we get the choir colors. We'll just pass those out. you help we and and we're going to ask dr banks to help us with uh, our loud hosanna because at the the appointed time we're going to shout as they might have because they waved their palm fronds and they took their coats and they laid them across they put, first put them on the donkey jesus was riding but they also rode it. it would be like him coming in because we come into this sanctuary every week to worship and we many of you come in the front door that, that door. I know it seems like the back door, but it's the front door of the building. And you come in, and going up to the temple, and going up to the temple mount would have been about like climbing all of those steps out there. But they go up, and they come into the temple, and they're, they're cry, uh, shouting out with their voices very loudly, Hosanna, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest heaven. So can you say that? Can you say that? Hosanna, blessed who comes in the name of the Lord. Can you all say that? Hosanna. <laughs> ah. He who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, so we're going to do it once again, and we're going to get these, these folks right here. So remember what's going on. Jesus is coming in, and they're trying to celebrate his entry. So what would they say? Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest heaven. Now, that's what happened on that day. Now, if you think about it, that's sort of like what goes on whenever, you know, we get far more excited about a ball game and cheering our team on, whether they get the right call or not. We want to make sure that everybody, we want to cheer. And we, in our Sunday school class today, we talked about how much easier it is to talk about our friends than it is about the one who entered into Jerusalem that day, to tell about who that is. And so the folks that were cheering Jesus on, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he, they were saying, here comes one who is going to be the center of our lives, though they didn't fully understand. They thought at that moment, this is the one who is rescuing us, but it is the one who comes and who through un his unconditional love and his grace and his mercy, has made himself to be the sacrifice for us all. He is our Lord and Savior. So you take these, and the choir can take theirs and keep them if they'd like. Just don't, you don't collect them? Okay. And you can take those back to your places with you. And I've got something for you before we, but depart though, let's thank, thank the Lord for his presence with us and for the fact that 
what Jesus means to us is something to be excited about. Let's bow together. Lord, thank you for your blessings today. Thank you that as we shout Hosanna, the loudest of Hosannas, that we know that as we do, that we are remembering the one who came in humble, a servant, but yet who had the power to overcome all, even death. In your name I pray. Children focus a lot in Palm Sunday. I had my first experience of Chuck E. Cheese this past week. I didn't realize how much I was missing through the years until I was there. I think it might be my last time at Chuck E. Cheese, but there was lots of children there, including my two grandchildren. They got lots of tickets. You don't get much for your tickets at Chuck E. Cheese, though, I discovered. Even 257 tickets each. You don't get all that much anyway. I've survived, and I'm here to lead in worship along with Dr. Kelly, and I invite you to join me in prayer this morning. Shall we pray? Loving God, at this time, we remember that going up to Jerusalem cost Jesus his very life. Lord Jesus, we welcome and praise you this day. We lift our voices with those who lifted them on Palm Sunday in glad hosannas. We joyfully acknowledge that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And yet we know in our hearts, even as we greet you, sincere though we may be, that our worship and commitment is sometimes shallow and weak. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, you entered Jerusalem in quiet humility and yet also in regal splendor. You took the form of a servant, even to the point of death, even death on a cross, emptying yourself so that we might be filled with your love. Come again now and establish your kingdom in our midst. Come afresh to our troubled world with all its needs, its tensions, its problems and its evil. Come again now and establish your kingdom. Bring healing where there is division, love where there is hatred, hope where there is despair, joy where there is sorrow, confidence where there is fear, strength where there is weakness, healing where there is sickness, life where there is death. Come again, Lord Jesus, and establish your kingdom. Lord Jesus Christ, reach out to your church even here in this community of faith, and also this world that you created and you came to redeem. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come again now and establish your kingdom.
God of grace, reach out especially this morning in love and healing to all who are unwell at this time, struggling with physical issues, those who are in hospital, those cared for at home, those in hospice care. We pray also for all who are anxious and worried about those that they are caring for. We pray for each one of us as we can be worried about the past, the present, or the unknown future. Grant each one of us, according to our need, peace and serenity to trust in you, our Lord and our King. Come and establish your kingdom within our hearts. Hear our prayers, offered in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
It wasn't the first time that Jesus had walked into Jerusalem. As a young teenager, he had gone there with his mum and dad, enthralled and excited. Perhaps the first visit he remembered in his young life, anticipating the courts of the temple and asking these teachers of the law some hard questions. Now it's very different. There's an excitement amongst his disciples and the crowds which are milling around the city streets. They've been watching him. They've been listening to him. They've seen his miracles. And his emotions are in something of a turmoil. He knows what the days of this week are going to be like, a mixture of anticipation and anxiety. And yet he remains in control. He tells his disciples exactly what to do. Go ahead, get that colt that he's arranged beforehand, and he'll ride it into Jerusalem. He's been in contact with some family in Bethphage, near to Bethany, and they've got a colt that's waiting. They're not going to let anybody get the colt, so they ask the question of the disciples, why are you doing it? The Lord needs it. Kind of code word. Okay, take it and give it to Jesus. It's not because he's tired that he's riding the donkey. Far from it. He's wired. But he needs all the energy he has to make it through the day. The crowds which mingle and move through the cities and the streets of, of our generation are similar to those that throng the narrow streets of Jerusalem during Passover, bustling, busy, harassed by the heat, foreign travelers, family, friends, tourists, as well as pilgrims. It would also be wrong to assume that the crowd of Palm Sunday is the same crowd that cry for Jesus to be crucified. It's a different crowd, I think. The first crowd are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're worshiping. But later on in the week, another crowd will reject him. It's that kind of week for Jesus, the ups and downs, filled with all sorts of emotions. But as well as Jesus and the disciples, the people in Jerusalem are at edge. The Jews of Jesus' time were on tiptoe with expectation. What's going to happen? Longing for God to step into human history, to do something different, to liberate them, surely now from the oppression of the Roman armies. They wanted Israel to be set free, to enjoy again what God had promised to them when they left Egypt to go into the promised land for the first time. All around Jesus, voices are clamoring for attention, each one proposing a different agenda that he will follow for them. There's the Pharisees. Some of them are in the crowd, as we notice, urging the people of Israel to adopt a right attitude towards religious ritual uh, rules and regulations, to bring in the kingdom through personal piety, their personal piety, of course. And then there's the group of the desperados, the zealots, people who are taken to the hills to plan and prepare for Messiah coming and to have a quasi-military revolution. And then there was just the majority of ordinary folks who were waiting and watching to see perhaps if Jesus might be the promised Messiah. Yet unlike the people around him, Jesus enters the city in a way that will mark him out as significantly different, drawing attention to that difference. Whereas the pilgrims normally entered Jerusalem on foot, Jesus deliberately takes a colt and rides on a donkey. A strange contrast because the rest of his ministry, he's been, he's been walking on foot all the way. Although we have often interpreted this means of transport as a, a sign of humility, 
It's actually probably a sign of dignity and honor. It doesn't seem like that, a donkey. A horse was used for battle, but a donkey was a symbol of authority and even of royalty. Now, Luke is the only gospel that tells us that part of the crowd which welcomed Jesus was made up of disciples, the wider company, not just the 12, but the wider company of people who had followed Jesus, latched onto him, been healed by him, heard him teach and believe what he said, pious people, probably some of the pilgrims going up to Passover, singing the Psalms of Ascent that we've been looking at on recent Sunday mornings. They had discovered in Jesus the satisfaction for that hunger that they had known for so long in their lives. And now they're welcoming him into the city, not perhaps realizing what this week will entail for him or for them, but they begin joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. And they declare, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Pharisees want Jesus to quiet them down, shut them up. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they're silent, the stones will cry out. The Palm Sunday crowd are honoring Jesus with their worship, and he accepts it gladly. For he's only too well aware that during this week, he's going to face opposition, antipathy, suspicion, rejection, hatred, and contempt. But now, now, as he looks around the crowd, he recognizes people from different occasions during his ministry, and he hears them shouting Hosanna, worshiping him. And now he is receiving the worship of which he is due as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We call it Palm Sunday. It's actually only John's gospel that speaks about people having palms. Luke, as Dr. Kelly was saying to the children, take off their cloaks take off their cloaks initially and put it over the donkey for Jesus to sit on. And then as he's, as he's riding in, more people take off their cloaks to welcome him. It's a strange gesture, perhaps in, in indicating a sense of obedience to his, his will of their lives. And then as they move into the city, they sang. Didn't have a bulletin or a hymnal. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 118. They borrowed a line also from what the angels had sung to the shepherds, peace in heaven, glory in the highest heavens. Now what they're singing is actually pretty revolutionary. And the Pharisees and the, any Romans who were there on that occasion would realize that. This was a dangerous song. They're resisting. They're setting out their desire for something to change through the coming of Jesus and they won't be moved. Blessed is the King Jesus. We shall not, we shall not be moved. Peace in the highest heavens. We shall not, we shall not be moved. That's a scene. It's not a peaceful scene. It's a scene of revolution. It's a scene of protest. It's a scene of saying, we want Jesus to be king of our lives. Who are these people? Well, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that they would have included people like Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James. They'll be remembered as people at the empty tomb. Other women there, because Luke places them as significant in the ministry of Jesus. Actually, some of them who were wealthy were actually supporting Jesus and his disciples when they didn't have any jobs. Maybe, maybe there's a woman who anointed Jesus' feet at Simon's party. 
Jairus and his daughter may well have been there. And then the woman cured of a 12-year hemorrhage. Or the woman who was bent over for 18 years, now standing tall. And lots of the children. Lots of the children that earlier on the disciples wanted to push out of the way. But they were there singing praise to our Lord. And they're making some noise. Like our worship to be dignified, but not in this day. They shouted. They sang loudly. So much so the religious leaders tell Jesus to get control of these people. I wonder if we try to silence people. I wonder if we today in 2019 try to silence those who long for change in life and in society. Because that's what these people are longing for. We put too much of a religious spin on what's happening here. This is a moment of change. They want Jesus to come and alter their situation. The poor, the homeless, the abused, women and children. The kind of people that Luke tells us about over and over again in his gospel. When we refuse to listen or see those who have been silenced in our society, we hear Jesus speaking up for them. We hear Jesus weeping over our cities and our churches. The crowd are tired of giving in to the religious leaders. They're tired of giving in to the political leaders of Rome. They're tired because they're tired of life. They're too tired of being tired. And they want things to change. They knew that Jesus saw them not primarily as troublemakers, but primarily as people worthy of healing and restoration. They knew that Jesus saw them as God's children, hurt by all the systemic problems of society. But they had promise and potential as far as Jesus was concerned. He saw them and he loved them. He affirms their worship. He affirms their prayers. He affirms their concerns and their needs. And it's all getting too much for him, however. And we read in Luke's gospel, only Luke's gospel, that after he's processing in, as he begins to come down from the Mount of Olives, as he approaches Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. It's not the kind of silent weeping that you see in John's gospel when we read that Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. It's a strong word that Luke uses. It's a word that we would use for uncontrollable weeping, sobbing, crying. This is embarrassing. The king of kings and lord of lords sobbing, weeping? Surely not. But he is. He's just been welcomed in with hosannas, but now he's weeping. George MacLeod, the founder of the Iona community in Scotland, once preached a sermon in Madison Avenue and Presbyterian Church in New York City in which he said this, the love of power has ruled the world since the beginning of time. Only one force is sufficient for our day. It's the power of love. And that's what we see here in this march of Jesus into the city. It begins with regal splendor, but it ends with sobbing, with compassion, with love for the city. This isn't weakness, it's strength. It's the strength of sympathy. It's the compassion of love. And that's the emotion that will be with Jesus throughout this week. As he goes through the week heading towards Calvary. 
In Luke 9, the journey to Jerusalem began when we read that Jesus set his face steadfastly to move towards Jerusalem, and he's still doing that. He comes into the city. He'll go in and out during the days of this week, but he'll eventually go, and he won't come out of the city until he goes out to walk towards Calvary. And as he sees the city and all that this coming week will entail for him, he's not trembling with fear, but overcome with compassion for the people whom the city represents. And just a few days later, he'll walk out carrying his cross, beaten, abused, spat on, walking down the Via Dolorosa towards Calvary. The love that causes him to weep on Palm Sunday will be the one that leads him to hang on the cross for our sins. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this? Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, will die for me? Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for setting your face to go to Jerusalem and for walking into the city and for demonstrating your concern for each and every one of us. On this day, as we sing our hosannas, may we offer truly the love and praise of our hearts. For your own dear name's sake, we pray. Our hymn of promise is number 176. Let's stand to sing with waving palms and shouts of praise.
May we pray? Lord, as we enter this week of remembering the great sacrifice for us, how can we ever begin to pay you back? Let us remember that the way you told us to pay you back, you said, Lord, you said, if you do it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Help us give of our money and ourselves to others, especially the least of these. Amen. Loving and almighty God, we present these tithes and offerings to you. We ask, Lord, that you would bless them, multiply them, and they may be used to minister unto the least of these, and that in all things, honor and glory might be brought unto you. Amen. Be seated for just a moment, please. Certainly, this is uh, a festive week as we think about Palm Sunday. It quickly turns to that which is uh, uh, more dark and the days that come. Our week of scheduling this week is different than, than usual in that we have some uh, changing in our normal schedule. Wednesday evening supper we don't have for our Wednesday study, but rather we have the Monday Thursday service on Thursday in the Memorial Chapel, which is on the second floor. Uh, take the elevator and go up there and you'll come out uh, right there in the, in the west uh, building. And then also on uh, Friday, we have the Good Friday service at 6 o'clock here, so you'll want to be uh, present for that. We also ask that uh, all of you who are, who are here, if you invite your friends and, and family to come with you, if you've got friends from out of town for Easter, come, bring them, bring them with you. 
and uh, share with them as we worship together on Easter Sunday, a day, the day of resurrection. We do want to welcome all those who are guests with us today and invite you to linger long enough that we can speak to you there in, in the narthex. Uh, we'll try to take just a moment to um, share in some lem- lemonade and cookies and just to talk about what's going on in your life too. So we will uh, embark on a week that is um, a week we look forward to every year because we do enter with the loud hosannas and we know what is coming but we celebrate the day of Christ entering in to Jerusalem. And so may the peace of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords be with you this week and forevermore.